Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Firewords podcast with myself and Dan. Hello, I've had a bit of a cold so if I cough I apologise. <laughs> right, so Dan, what episodes have you got for us today? We're going to do something a little bit different. We put out a request for questions if anybody wanted to ask us anything and we've had some in, some interesting ones. So we're going to go through those and try our best to answer them. So hopefully if they're what other people are asking, they're what you want to know too. We've got a nice variety of questions, so should we jump straight in? Yep. So the first one comes from Christine Collinson. Thank you for the question. Uh, She asked... What do you see regularly in submissions which you wish writers would stop doing? This is quite timely because we're in the middle of reading the submissions for issue 10, so this should hopefully be easy to answer, but I don't think it will because there's quite a few things, isn't there? Yeah, I think the hard thing about this question too, we're not going to avoid the question, we will be answering it, but I think it's just quite tough because to answer it blanketly for everyone, there's some things that people really excel at and then another writer won't quite get there with it so it's hard to just say blanketly what people should and should not do it's not what we particularly want to see stop happening altogether it's just kind of honing it to get it right should we just pick one thing each and then yeah go from there yep so something i've noticed this time i think is maybe weak starts like weak openings I suppose it's worse for us as editors because we're reading so many submissions back to back. We really need something right at the start that grabs our attention and makes us want to keep reading. But if you think about it, it's the same for a reader. They're going to have lots going on in their lives, a busy day. If they sit down to read your story or poem, you really need to get them in those first few lines. So I don't know, I don't want to say what you shouldn't shouldn't do at the start, but don't describe the weather or set the scene or something like that. Just get right into it and like get them, get them. Get them. (laughs) (laughs) What's your one thing, Jen? Okay, the one thing that I'm going to pick, it's something not just from this submission round, but from last few. Is this your pet peeve? It's it's my pet peeve, (laughs) but I I actually feel quite strongly about it. My pet peeve is speech marks, or the lack of speech marks. There are justifications out there for not using speech marks now, which all sound very... Well, I was going to say this all sound very good. They don't. But there are reasons people can give. But as an editor, there have been very few occasions when it's been okay. There's two main reasons for this. First of all, when you're reading someone else's work who've been writing without them, it can seem really pretentious. And also, it has an adverse effect on reader enjoyment. So just quickly... I think it's pretentious because it seems like whatever justification you throw in there, it seems like it's trying to be different for different sake, but actually it's getting totally overdone. On the flip side to this, it raises the question, is there actually a lack of skill there that the writer can't deal with punctuation? So then they just don't use speech marks, it's an easy get out. And that's, I mean, it's hard to hear, maybe, and other editors might disagree, but for me, it's the truth. The other side of that... Sorry, the other reason was because it adversely affects reader enjoyment. It's like, as a reader, we don't want to have to plough our way through the story. We want to enjoy it. You don't want to have to work out what the writer means or who's speaking, do you? No, especially when it's unnecessary. 
who have to fight to work out who's talking. It detracts from plot, characterization, and entertainment. So it's touched a nerve there with Jen, as you've seen. <laughs> yes. So this one's from Jack. He's had a rejection that mentions originality, and he wants to know what themes do we see a lot of. Yeah, I think we've mentioned before about um, characters dying or a family member who's ill. That kind of theme comes up a lot. Also, relationships going nowhere. The point of the story a lot of the time tends to be, oh, well, there's this relationship between two characters, but it's doomed, or not not as strongly as doomed, but it's, it's going nowhere. Or they're unhappy. Or... And it's like, sometimes we totally publish these pieces because if there's a unique spin on it or if it's treated in a particular way that makes it really stand out, that's great. The problem is that um, it makes it harder for these pieces to stand out and be memorable. Yeah. That's why we're wary about giving a list of themes that we don't want to see anymore because there's always yeah. gems in there who could prove us wrong and we like seeing that. So yeah, we it's like, hard to answer. Yeah, yeah. So, so please don't not send in these stories to us. It's just, it'll take that little extra element and you might get the originality feedback. Um, in poetry, there's a lot of poetry that is very like dramatic and jarring. Again, quite often surrounding like relationships, or sometimes they try and take something that they think is going to like shock the reader and like kind of deal with that. And it can be often very good writing, but it doesn't lead anywhere. And I think often it's the element of not leading anywhere that means that it makes it very difficult to have it stand out from the crowd. Um, it's not being about being bad in any way, but just about standing out. Okay, we've got an anonymous question here. Ooh, mysterious. Yep. Um, it's asking, why do you ask that awkward question on your submissions form? <laughs> Not very specific, but I think we know what they're talking yeah. about, don't we? If you've submitted to us before, you'll see that we ask, why do you think your writing is right for firewords? Which sounds a bit like an interview question, so <laughs> it is a little bit awkward. But we introduced it a few issues ago now, didn't we? And we got to a point where we were getting too many submissions really to manage and also a lot of the submissions we felt were like we've talked about this before but they were blanket submissions and it's just important that people not that they think their writing is going to get accepted but just to think that their writing fits in with what firewords is all about because we've spoken a lot about it before and if you've listened to us you'll have heard us going on about finding the right place for your writing and we state clearly on the question that it won't affect our decision and it's not us looking for people to write nice things about firewords to stoke our egos or anything. That's not what it's about. So really it's just an exercise in getting the person submitting to think about the question. Like, is this the right place to send my work? Have I looked into it and is this right? Yeah. So it is an unusual question to put there and we know that, but we did it for a reason. Yeah, we think the reason's really important. So the question will be saying... Yep. Here's an interesting one. What advice would you give to someone who is thinking of starting their own literary magazine? And would you recommend it? That's from Peter Newport. Thank you for the question, Peter. I think that that's a really good question, Peter. Um, it's really a question that we can't answer for you. For us, it was great, but it's like very individual. So I'm going to pass you over to Dan, who's going to explain the pros and cons, and you can make up your own mind. <laughs> what do you think? I would say take the amount of work you think it will be and maybe quadruple it. <laughs> it does take a lot. It takes a lot of time and an effort. 
And if you're going in with the intention of making money from it, maybe consider something else. That's not why we went into it. And we do get a lot from it, like the satisfaction of being able to publish new writers. And that's really worth it for us. So that's why we do it. If that sounds good to you, then go for it. Okay, so next we have an email from Anne. She says, I think the things that hold me back the most are my own inner critic and self-doubt. There are days I'll agonise over the simplest word choice and be so hard on myself that almost nothing gets written. It's tricky. I think a lot of writers struggle with this, don't they? Um, I'd say the question's maybe in two parts. The second part about agonising over simple word choice so that nothing gets written. I would say try and separate the two parts of writing and editing. Don't try and do them at the same time. Like just do the writing and get the words down and then come back to it later and do the editing. Because you don't want everything to sound really overwritten either. Because sometimes it's like if you read something where someone's obviously written it and then just got a thesaurus and gone through and changed every word to the most obscure word possible, that's really unenjoyable. The enjoyment a lot of the time is with everyday phrases that just really capture a moment too. So it's like a mixture of both. So I think that's a really good idea to get both in there. Yeah. Is just write it down and then go back. If you're not getting the words down, it means you're too focused on making it perfect, I think. And mm-hmm. that's that's kind of impossible straight away. And the thing about inner critic and self-doubt. I think that's um, linked to another question we have. If we can just bring in another email here from S. He says that my biggest struggle is sharing my writing. I am absolutely terrified of criticism. So again, this idea of critique comes in and have a hard time seeing criticism of my writing as just that. More often, without meaning to, I internalise all critique of my work as a criticism of myself. Yeah, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I think all writers have room for improvement. So just straight away, you shouldn't take it personally. Everyone can get better. So it's not it's not a criticism of yourself at all. And um, I think that just ties in with what Anne was saying because other people critiquing you and you critiquing yourself, it's kind of all part and parcel of just like getting so involved in your writing you can't even see it clearly for all the amazing things it is anymore because you take on all the negativity. And the part about sharing your work, it's, it's a hard thing at first, it definitely is for anybody, but you just have to get used to it. Well, if you want to write for yourself and if it's just for you, then that's fine, don't worry about it. But if you do have ambitions of getting published or putting your work out there, then unfortunately it's just something you have to practice and get used to. Mm. I would say practically, maybe even just like telling yourself, I tell myself out loud, but maybe that's just a personal thing. Just say to yourself that this is normal. What you're feeling, it's annoying and it's debilitating in many ways maybe, but it's normal Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Hopefully, that'll help make it a bit easier, um, if such a thing is possible. Because I think any writer who doesn't feel that, I was going to say maybe they'll be lying. <laughs> um, They're not normal. <laughs> no, but it's a very, very normal emotion. So, how to deal with it practically for S when it's kind of external critique that you're worried about um, is slightly different. What I'd recommend for you would be to actually use a pseudonym maybe when you send your work out so that means that any critique you get it won't be in your name and I think that just something mentally that'll help detach you from it and maybe make it a slightly just easier to deal with I think all critique will be meant in the right way and we certainly wouldn't give any critique that was just that couldn't be worked on and developed so try and look at it positively but not being in your name will be a great thing and then if you say something in a pseudonym 
So S, you're no longer S, you're now James. So James, you send your work off and it gets accepted and then you think, oh, I'm not James. I can't want to like shout from the rooftop about this. If it was with Fireword, certainly all you do then is write to us and change your name that you want it published in. Yeah, I'm sure anyone would be fine with that. Yeah. So that's a good point you made about, it's kind of like the mindset of how you take criticism, isn't it? Mm. Try not to think of it as a negative or like someone's unhappy about your work. Try and think of it as a positive. It's like you can use that. That's really useful because you can use it to make your writing better or change things about it. Mm. It's really useful. Don't think of it as a negative. I love criticism now because it means you've got something to work on, doesn't it? It's like yeah. it gives you some direction. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, Anne and Ed, how much work you've sent out there, but another point could be if you're not used to it, it'll might be more tough. And the best thing you could do would be to just jump in at the deep end and just send loads of stuff to loads of different places and just see what happens and just see if with the rejections comes some kind of acceptance. Yeah, you'll get used to it like that. Yeah. So I guess there's a final point on this question before we move on to the next one. Just remember that everyone's different and they like different things. It's impossible to please everyone with your writing. Everyone likes different things. Um, so criticism's normal and it's something you get used to. Okay, are we, is this the last question? Last question. Last yeah. question. Okay, this is from Lacey. Do you ever read a submission and know straight away that you'll publish it? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you do sometimes, don't you? Like you get yeah. that. Sometimes you read it and you think, "Yeah, this is good. I'm going to fight for this." But it is also not just one person's decision. So mm. nothing gets published unless it's like a consensus. So yeah. So the kind of question is for both of us, yes. But then, does that piece actually get published in the end? Is less certain because we all think yes, 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 and it leads to very interesting discussions. So we call it that, Dan. Yeah. I think if one of us or one of our readers feels that strongly about a piece, though, they'll usually fight for it and make the case for it and other people will agree as well. So it's not likely that there's going to be a piece that Jen absolutely loves and then it doesn't get published. Even if it's not my kind of thing, I can see how much she likes it and that means someone else is probably going to have that same feeling. So I think this makes quite a nice end note because um, we are in the middle of reading our issue 10 submissions. So now I have Dan on record saying that. <laughs> you can hold <laughs> me to it. for a good time, Jay. I can hold you to it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, and thanks for everyone who sent questions. This has been a fun experience, isn't it? Yeah, I think we can safely say we'll do it again sometime. So keep these ideas coming, folks. Yeah, send them. Keep sending questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.